This is the Tag to F podcast, show number two. Hi, and welcome to the Tag to F podcast. This is a platform to share, learn, teach, and inspire. Join us as we think big, play to win, while finding balance and expanding possibilities. Thank you for joining us. Here are your hosts, Nikki, Lizzie, and Gina. Okay, we and we're live. <laughs> you guys have the most beautiful faces. I'm so happy you're oh here. Oh my goodness. I'm happy to be here. How was it's your a week? Shame. How were your weeks? Oh, I had a fantastic week. Your face, your your face. <laughs> tell me no, <laughs> but my voice is telling me yes. Me. Okay, yeah. let, let me change my face. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that was backward. Okay, Gina, we're coming back to you. Lizzie, how was your week? My week, um, I don't remember much about it. Not just because it wasn't much to talk about. Did you um, find any habits that were looping that you didn't Uh, realize or? Yes. Um, I realized I either don't take enough on and I procrastinate or I take on too much and have no time. Oh. Mm. 100%. That is a constant like thought process. Balance. It goes back to the generic like everything in moderation adage which mm-hmm. is so true but yeah I've had that argument mm-hmm. with myself on too many occasions to count you know Lizzie said something last week that I've thought about probably four times this week and she had made a comment about well maybe you should just be doing that activity that you're doing and not judging the habit that mm-hmm. you're having because that's what you're supposed to be doing at that moment and I was like what is this some like British magic like what <laughs> it honestly could be yeah, yeah. Yeah? Okay. It could be. Expound. Because I was was very surprised that I thought about it four times this week. That's pretty cool. That's a hashtag worth. It was awesome. My weeks have been very awesome. All of your weeks are freaking awesome. Yeah. I Uh, love it. Yeah. I got to spend some time with some good friends over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Lots of good friends from all different parts of my life. Awesome. Lots of good friends. Different, different, lots of different. That's different, and friends put together. I did that on purpose. That's a vocabulary word. Different, friends. We have like three vocabulary words we've discussed already, and we're done. Flirtual reality. Yep. Gromance. Gromance. I love that one. Different. There was another one that we can't remember. You came up with one, and you haven't said it yet. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get back to that. I have. A cold dog nose on my toes right now. <laughs> Bella. Bella. Uh, but yeah, I, I had a fantastic week. And yeah. my girls are back in school, which mm-hmm. is bittersweet because we had a fantastic summer together. Yay. But they're like super excited to jump back into everything. That's amazing. Layla today was like, so I know what I'm doing this year. I am taking ballet. I'm doing chorus. Oh my I'm going to play the violin. I'm running for vice president of the student council. And I'm going to be in the Eagle Eye News. So, <laughs> and what did Lyric say? <laughs> Lyric didn't respond. She did was, she say she's getting full sleeve tattoos this year? Is she going to no, wait till she's 18? <laughs> see, you guys think that's going to be Layla. Haven't you seen her sporting her fake piercings the last like couple of weeks? It. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I there's some her. about that little girl, though. Lyric, there's a something. Well, she's very special, but she she started ballet this week. Mm. Yep, they're both uh, in ballet, which costs an arm and Two a couple legs. of legs. A pirouette. <laughs> wow. Oh. But you know what? I'm excited because, unfortunately for them, they inherited or or uh, are genetically inclined. Towards their father's uh, flexibility or lack thereof. Oh. It's no secret. So they need to work that out. Yep. Their papa has the same affliction. And so I was watching their cute little bunsies in their dance class. And in comparison to the other little goyles, they have a little bit of uh, (laughs) stretching to do. 
Mm. But it sounds like the determination is totally there. So and the structure, ballet yeah. is structure. Mm. And let me tell you, so important. One class Layla was in, an hour and fifteen minutes, and I want to tell you what she told me. She was telling me how supportive the little girls in that class were. <gasps> oh, because let me tell you, her grangete. Her crochete girl. I don't, I don't know what the hell that was, but what it was a crochete. Well, I'll have to show you, well, but and then I'll show you what she did, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. Her grand, grandjete. Yeah, yeah. In another, in another you story. Do, yeah. Yes. So, um, how perfect is this to segue into? Um, yeah, habits and structure mm-hmm. how great is that for Layla to be participating in that and um what do you guys think about the reading part two loved it i loved it too the yeah. power of habit part two gina yes how'd you feel about it you were really excited about it i was your so, business owner my note literally says from the last <laughs> the last section excited to keep reading as it pertains to business um, and then it, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad read. I mean, I learned a lot. I just feel like, um, I don't know if it's the fact that I am practicing, uh, in my business already, some of these things, mm-hmm. or if it's the fact that most of the, um, instances were bigger business. And mm-hmm. so it was harder. They really were. Yeah. Huge. Like Starbucks, London Underground. Yeah. A lot harder Alcoa. to relate to some of them. However, I think part of it is like, I've always had this feeling when it comes to my knowledge of being an esthetician, not always, as of late, I would say maybe the last five to 10 years, I've had this like feeling of almost inadequacy because I know the business so well, like it's become a habit. Mm. And so do you remember in the first part of the reading? You mean inadequacy in your relaying the knowledge? Yes. And all your, your ability to coach? No, no, no. Not my ability to coach. Um, do you feel like you've... You're, like it's a plateau, so you know it so well that you autopilot. Yes. In fact, page 20 of The Power of Habit, basically what it was saying is that you create these habits until they're just, you just do them. Remember we talked mm-hmm. about you accidentally drive to the to your house instead of the bank because that's where your mm-hmm. habit takes you? Yep. It's like my job and the things that I do at my job have become so ingrained in me that they, I don't even think about them. And that's bad. Why? And that's bad because I sometimes, and I'm learning, but sometimes I feel like I don't know as much as I think I do because I know it all. Oh. And it just comes so naturally to me that... I have a comment on that. Okay. Being one of your employees. Mm. Um, I actually found a section of this in the Keystone Habits section. Um, So when it mentions, it's a huge company, like you said, they're all based on big companies. So it is harder to find correlation in some respects. However, this stood out to me. So it was a gentleman who took over the running of a large corporation called, is it Alcoa? Alco? Yeah. Alcoa, something like that. Um, They dealt with like, metals and metal, stuff like that yeah metal mm-hmm. work manufacturing um essentially this guy came in and wanted to focus on something that to everyone else um they thought it was super unrelated to profit yeah to you know advancing the business in a huge scale he wanted to focus on safety um and then he said that once the safety was focused on that then because the workers were cared for and things were being paid attention to like if something goes wrong you want to fix that so that it can make the you know everything smooth you don't want injuries but you also want to be able to not have to stop so just process. to clarify he was focusing on safety exactly on mm-hmm. safety and this so, is a keystone habit exactly so um 
He also implemented one of the first, it appears in the book, um, systems which used the internet to communicate amongst the companies and mm. the various locations. Mm -hmm. So I put at the bottom of the page, I'll read the, the section, but I put fostering teamwork, encouraging new ideas, growth and loyalty, and those on the ground seeing change first. So Gina, if you're the owner of your business and you feel that you are maybe you know unable to see things on a developmental level because you're you're so it comes as such an easy thing to you the mm -hmm. great thing about what you do is when you have new members of staff you don't tell them that their ideas are not valuable you know people bring ideas to the table you discuss things with your employees um, so here it says, I said to the hourly workers, if your management doesn't follow up on safety issues, then call me at home. Here's my number. Mm -hmm. O'Neill told me. Workers started calling, but they didn't want to talk about accidents. They wanted to talk about all these other great ideas. So he opened the communication so that people who had maybe been doing something over and over again could pass these tips or these kind of, you know, ideas up the chain to the boss who maybe had autopiloted and it turns out that one of the people had a fantastic idea exactly that he had had for several years ten prior years. 10 years a decade but didn't feel comfortable or safe yep. in sharing that idea and i will say in my interview process one of the questions that i ask my interviewees is if you saw a better way of doing something, yep. what would you do? Because some people would say, would, would maybe be afraid of telling the yeah. person higher up because often, as in actually stories later on in this area, um, people, you know, felt they should stay in their own lane, that it wasn't their, mm. you know, part of the chain was to just do their job, not to pass, you know, tips upwards. That Ooh. is one of the most important questions that I ask in my interviews. It's huge. Mm -hmm. And big organizations. So this whole, this whole well, thank part you for two that, Lizzie. was about the habits of successful organizations. And I'm currently in an organization where it's kind of the same thing. Like, this is my lane. This is your lane. Yeah. We don't cross over. Even though I may have the knowledge and the ability to help you, I'm not necessarily going to step over that boundary mm -hmm. because... It's an unspoken... It's an unspoken boundary. And what you get out of this reading is that's taboo. Yeah. And so he's talking about keystone habits. And a quote from this section is, success doesn't depend on getting every single thing right, but instead identifying a few key priorities that act as levers, mm -hmm. causing other patterns to shift. So... In this case, it was safety, and he opened up yeah. communication. So that's kind of big. and it's huge. And you're doing the same thing. If that's what you bring up in your interview, sure. what would you do if you saw a better way of doing things? I just want everybody to know, or I want them to know as much as I want to know, mm -hmm. that I have, we have a... Um, community or a culture within my business of feeling like they can talk to me about mm -hmm. thoughts, ideas, problems, any of that. Mm -hmm. You're fostering growth within your family team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also that leads to people staying around. It's so key for small <laughs> business as well, because you're one location and you want people to come for the services, but they don't just come for the services. They're coming for the full experience, oh for gosh, the smells, right? for the feeling and the energy. The energy is giant. I giant. <laughs> There's a reason that anthropology burns a signature scent in their stores. <laughs> because when you have a good experience within the store and you smell that smell, You're gonna think you of them. smell that on the street and you, get, you go in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of uh, experience, I was at Target today, walked in. Not only does it mm, totally look like Ikea now, yeah. but every employee I encountered was frustrated, mm -hmm. stressed out over their display, and someone was about to check on them. 
Which is why it's interesting that it's featured in this book. I think this book came before (laughs) the change. I'd be interested to see. Oh, Target, Target, Target. What are you doing, Target? It's so bad. It feels horrible. Target, you're you're missing your Target audience. (laughs) I I used to. I can't believe you guys had the same experience because I was surprised. We all have that experience, and this is a place that I, along with many many young mothers loved to go yes grab, to decompress grab your latte at starbucks get your car you have your minuscule list that the you familiar know smell of popcorn oh, my God. oh yeah right as you walk in it and like ikea and now i can't even handle like i can't even stand going there i couldn't get out of there fast enough it's a bad I, ikea though let's point that out because i love ikea it is a bad ikea it's a bad ikea such a bad ikea it's, it's a you bad idea no IKEA. <laughs> you have no ikea <laughs> Um, I, I, so like, you know how, if you see pants on a hanger, there's like a size two, then a size three and a size four and a size six and a size eight and size 10, size 12. Well, so I grabbed a size 10, approximately what I am. I looked at it. I put it back on the hanger to the front of the stack. This broad runs up right next to me because she was about to get checked and she took my size 10 that I put in the front of the sack stack and she hid it behind the others. I was like, are you kidding right now? I'm standing right here. You're hiding the fact that I set down a size. Like, are you saying this is not acceptable? I took so much offense to that. And I'm not offended easily. Mm. I'm not offended easily. But she was just like, excuse me. And she just like. Couldn't even wait for you to walk away. The more important thing to her was making sure that her bosses saw that she had kept the, the place organized and clean. In the book, it is focusing on how. You know, it's hugely, hugely important that management, management is key. Like if you're being paid to be a manager, you, it literally, the buck stops with you. You are responsible for anything that anyone below you or in your team of people does. You're responsible, point mm-hmm. blank. Mm-hmm. If something's awry, you need to be noticing. And if you're not, why? Oh, why? Oh my gosh. Because... <laughs> You know, you're being paid more. You were hired specifically to represent a group of people and assist a group of people and but train a group of people. It's like the London Underground. You guys read that part about the yeah, London Underground. That was great. Oh, that was I awful. Am th- this is the um, section we're in it, charge. It's not my problem. Yeah. It's not my problem. It's not my I'm business. In of this. Yep. Yeah. So all of a sudden, all these that's actually quite British too. All these young women, customer <gasps> service girls, who before would be like, "Can I get you another size in the fitting room?" Now their and job, you hear them talking to each other too. As in, super stressed out. Yeah, they don't care about the customer experience, yeah. and no one knows where products go back to because people spend. It seems to me, I never see anyone in there anymore because they're restocking Ugh. and they're trying to find where the damn stuff lives. Because as customers, we're supposed to be led to it without even looking. That's the model of a store. You're supposed to go in and turn right, right? Yeah. You know, I have I no idea where now. to go in Target. I don't. I don't want to. And I actually did spend some time in there the other day. I tried. I tried I did to. Pi- I did find some stuff. It was hot. But man, I was pissed. The off. lighting was off. It was bad. There was no customer service in the dressing room. Zero rooms. people addressed me. And I prefer they to be didn't left have alone. What I was looking for. I prefer to be left alone. But at Target, like you can't find someone to help you when you need help. Yeah, it's freaking Target. Okay, I'm digressing. Let's talk. Let's talk. Okay, so we just talked about keystone habits mm-hmm. of businesses. And I, um, willpower habits mm-hmm. is probably something and identifying painful mm. inflection points. This is, this, is, uh, this is a great topic. This is one is of my... Starbucks? This is one of my favorite... Yeah, this is a, is in the chapter about Starbucks. So this is one of my favorite Latte. parts. I, I starred this um, quote. Willpower isn't just a skill. Oh. I think people need to hear this. For sure. Okay. And I'll, I think I wrote the same damn quote down. I bet you did because it's powerful. Oh, and, and, my, and oh this, my gosh. Yeah. Look. <laughs> Willpower, not just a skill. The, right there. This is. Um, it's a muscle. And like the muscles in your arms or legs, and, and it, it gets, gets tired, tired as it works harder. <gasps> so there's less there's less power left over for other things. Isn't gonna, that the are truth? You, are you going to talk about the study? We can. 
the marshmallow. Yeah. I think a lot of people probably know about the marshmallow study, but like the little kiddos mm-hmm. who and the it, cookies. The From cookies earlier. and the radishes. Mm-hmm. Being able to resist a temptation and delay gratification expressed itself 10, 15 years later as... Intermittent fasting. Being able to... <laughs> being able to um, delay gratification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's so big. The um, You just said willpower is a skill and it's a muscle. Isn't just a skill. Is not just a skill. It's a muscle. It gets tired as it works harder. Oh, here's another. If willpower is a skill, here's a question. Then why doesn't it remain constant from day to day? It's very different. Plus, if you set up your environment, your environment is going to... If your environment has lots of temptation in it, mm-hmm. cookies on the counter instead of apples. Mm-hmm. 100%. You can, you can avoid the cookies. So, but eventually, like, you're wearing your willpower down as you go. I have several addicts in my life, and one of them has expressed to me on multiple occasions that their problem is willpower. That's it. Hmm. That is the key to why they can't get sober because they have no willpower. What if this person... access. What if you put them on the moon? Well, what if this person knew that willpower was a muscle? Mm-hmm. It's not just... And the small wins? Yeah. Like your willpower doesn't have to be just what it is. Mm-hmm. How many people out there, like legit, think that your willpower just is what it is? And that, that, like, I think we actually spoke briefly about it last week, that it can be anything. Like, it can be, um, you know, the cookies on the counter. Like, we try, I try, we try, to <laughs> not have, like, I won't buy a box of cookies on a regular basis because... I know that both me and my husband will just eat cookies. I'll get up in the morning, I'll eat, I'll eat a cookie. And I have zero shame. Because when I do buy a box of cookies and I eat them, I'm like, that's okay, because I don't do this all the time. But I try and not bring certain things into the house so that when we go out and eat, we just eat what we want to eat when we're out. We don't limit ourselves. Mm-hmm. Whereas at home, we try and give ourselves all of the tools to encourage good habits. You know, we, we try and buy like... There's actually a mention of apples being out the front of a grocery store because apparently science says if people start off with healthy foods in their basket, that they will allow themselves to buy donuts and M&Ms and snacks later, which I thought was interesting. Because by putting it in the basket, they've already participated. Exactly. They're like, well, I've got my veggies, so this is okay. (laughs) They're like, like me and my sister-in-law sometimes joke around, but deathly serious do this, um, eat crap. And then have a green tea. It's kind of funny, but we do do it. And incidentally, there is a famous chain, which is four plus one, guys, um, who have green tea on the damn menu. And it's like, are you in my brain, dude? Four like, plus what? one equals five. Five guys. I don't know why I wasn't They have green them, tea on their menu? <laughs> their fries are, yeah, they have green tea on the menu. That's amazing. Isn't that hilarious? And it kind of is a joke. I think it's funny because I'm like, this is literally what we do. We're like, we're, let's have a big old honking hamburger with yeah. extra cheese yeah. and bacon. It's like having a diet you. soda, but supersizing. <laughs> like, it just, it's yeah. like the green it tea is like, I'll try, but delicious. I can't go do <laughs> Give me a Whopper and it's a It's like handing co- a green a tea, co- a huge barbell and being like, lift this. <laughs> <laughs> green tea is like, I like that. So, um, one of the willpower replacement discussions in the book was um, what Starbucks does when they train their um, baristas to deal with angry, Mm -hmm. enraged, coffee, caffeine-hungry customers. Mm -hmm. And um, they will literally take that um, habit loop and give them a cue and give them a replacement behavior or an acronym and mm-hmm. then show them reward. 
So like one of the ones that stood out was the cue of a screaming customer who's really upset. Starbucks has this routine that they want you to, uh, I guess, take on as your own. They want you to embody latte. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Listen to customer. Acknowledge the complaint. (laughs) Gina. Me too. You did too. We're all all commenting on the same spot. L-A. Acknowledge the complaint. Take action and solve. How brilliant is this acronym, by the way? Thank them. Thank you for complaining to my face. And then explain why it happened. And then the reward is a happy customer. That's what they're looking for. Okay, well, I, you, we do that. Us? For sure. I mean, without even even knowing it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I can specifically mention exactly how I've done it in every job yeah. I've had. And that's why I think it's interesting. And that goes back to what I was saying about some things just come so naturally yeah, that things, you don't think that you're... But the book you know mentions what? that. It I says, know. You know, I feel like... You're, you do already because you've kind of... You know, no one's told you how to do it. You've just gone, this is the only way I've, I practice and know. Sorry, Nikki, go ahead. Oh, no! I just feel like next time I'm at Starbucks and they screw up my order, I'm going to be like, don't latte me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. They're like, damn you. I hear you latteing me. You're See? listening to my discussion. Mm-hmm. You're acknowledging, oh, hello, dog. Uh, take action and solve that shit. Oh, thank you very much. And then Stop explain why I have And then patronize. latte I, I think some things are, I completely do take that as like, you can tell when someone's doing it sometimes, but you, if someone's doing it really well, like if someone's an excellent salesperson. You have no idea. No, you do it. But even <laughs> if you do, if someone is an excellent salesperson, like a truly excellent salesperson. Exactly. And they're literally recommending things that they're listening to me and they think I actually would benefit from. I will pay my money. I'm like, I see you selling to me because I've done it so many times, but you're listening to what I'm saying. You're actually presenting things that I want or need and I'll buy. That was a... If they're not, no. That was a game changer for me. Like It's huge. In business, because now I've been in my uh, current position well I've owned my spa for eight years but I've been an esthetician for 18 no yes <gasps> I can possibly be that old your your work experience for like 22 years plus yeah your work experience uh, can drink in England oh <laughs> that's fantastic I can drink twice in 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 um America my point is it, when I finally became comfortable with giving the customer what they were asking, mm-hmm. instead of feeling like I was imposing yeah. some sort of, you know, you must buy this or feeling like, I don't know, yeah, like I was trying to sell them something. Which I was, but only what they wanted. Exactly. When that when it's when that clicked, thing. then yeah, it becomes a no brainer and it becomes a habit. I'm no, so I'm I'm, I'm just obs- this whole section. I I cannot get enough of it because the latte thing. I wrote <laughs> I wrote underneath. So I I underlined specifically. Listen, acknowledge, take action. Yes. Because in every step of life, we want someone to listen to us, whether we're expressing emotion in a you know family environment or being mm-hmm. sold something or have a problem listen acknowledge take action it's mm-hmm. everything in life it's everything yeah and when a business does it and it's real you're being humanized both the person selling and the person purchasing you're being understood and the person is taking on your concerns and they're problem solving so they're listening to you if they really are listening and they're going, I see what your issue is. I want to maintain you as a customer. Let me give you what you want. That's what you went in for. No one walks into the door of something and doesn't want to buy something. It's just, and in England, we have that issue where people are so afraid to sell. Oh. And when I worked to Lush, bring it back to that, we were told if someone walks in the door, they want to buy. They just don't know what they want to buy yet. It is your job to find out. Not push them to buy, but find out what they need. So we would ask questions like, That's "So funny, <laughs> who are you buying for? Like, what do they like? Not what do they want? What are they like? Mm. What kind of experience are you hoping these products will give them? Are they? Do they have a bath? Do they have a shower? Because you don't want to be selling someone 
all of the bath bombs under the sun if the person they're buying for doesn't, doesn't take bath. baths or doesn't have a bath. If they come in, like we used to get people at Christmas, once a year they would come in and they would say, I am only in here because X member of my family loves Lush. And guaranteed, nine out of ten times, I would send them out of the shop smiling about having come in with something for themselves. <laughs> because, because I was obsessed with finding out about individuals. So I would love trying to channel this other person they were talking of, you know, asking a million questions. What are they like? Mm-hmm. Are they, do they like this kind of thing? You know, what are their favorite scents? What helps them relax? Are they trying to be energized? When do they bathe? What's their thing? That that person when would When do then, they bathe? Seriously, when do they bathe? Do they bathe in the morning? Do they find to be Once invigorated by weekly. citrus? Like, you know, or are they a nighttime bather? In which case they may want to do jasmine or lavender. Bathers. Then the person having had a bath bomb plopped in front of them in a water would go... Oh, that smells good. I'm like, you need one. <laughs> and they did. And they come back. I love it. Giving the client what they want. Exactly. And if you give them what they want, that builds rapport. They come that back. Builds, yep. They don't want to be forced upon. They don't want something Speaking they didn't want. Giving what they want. Was it creepy or did you find it creepy. appropriate? Creepy. You know what I'm going to say, yep. don't you? Target. Yep. I actually circled something. I'm going to find Target. it. Target's expectant moms in a database and (laughs) there's some okay whatever you have that's creepy about target i specifically was like i wonder if we circled the same area should i say what i circled because i found it yeah okay so (laughs) one little section it says i specifically underlined peer inside a woman's womb (laughs) so it said as Paul's computer program... So Paul is a person who was employed... A stat- wait, statistician. Statistician. That guy. A studier of statistics. <laughs> uh, a scholar, if you will. Nice workaround. Um, <laughs> as Paul's computer program crawled through the data, specifically for Target, who wanted to find out it, when women were pregnant before they were told they were pregnant. As in, before the shop was told by that pregnant person that they were pregnant. Before they shared it. Yeah. Based yeah. on... Target wanted to be able to identify um, about t- 25 different products that when analyzed together allowed them to, in a sense, peer inside a woman's womb. <laughs> Most important, he could guess what trimester she was in. And then I put a note above it saying along with the politicians. Along with Alabama. <laughs> I'm talking to you. Nothing is sacred. 194 of the power of habit i saw expectant mothers he discovered shopped in a fairly predictable way take for example lotions lots of people buy lotion but a target data analyst noticed that women on the baby registry were buying unusually large quantities of unscented lotion around the beginning of their second. They have never been in my bathroom because they probably think I was pregnant. Another analyst noted that sometime in the first 20 weeks, many pregnant women loaded up on vitamins such as calcium, magnesium, and zinc. Lots of shoppers purchase soap and cotton balls every month. But when someone suddenly starts buying lots of scent-free soap and cotton balls, in addition to hand sanitizers and an astounding number of washcloths all at once. I love a good washcloth. A few months after buying lotions and magnesium and zinc. Oh my gosh. It signals they are getting close to their delivery date. And I wrote, ha ha, in here. What the literal F. F. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously? You can't even go shopping. Do you know I, what I found, honestly, the most creepy about the whole section? Honestly. What? If you're going to try and get in our wombs <laughs> with our unborn babies and be like, hey, budge over, kid, we need this money before you have it. Um, <laughs> the thing that creeped me out most is the fact that later on they, they essentially added things that... They watered thought, down the the level of baby things that oh, they would yeah. put in there. So, so people wouldn't feel put it, on blast because right. they're pregnant. Added to that, there was a guy who went in on one mm. saying to Target, how dare you send this literature to my daughter? Are you trying to make her want to get pregnant? This man had a 16-year-old who'd been sent 
targeted advertising with baby products <laughs> in her target mail out. Um, when Target then called to apologize, I don't know if it's the week later or two weeks or something. Yeah. Um, he'd actually had a conversation with his daughter. She was in fact pregnant. So <laughs> the thing that grossed me out was Target had kind of taken away from this 16 year old the, the conversation, the, cho- the choice, and also the conversation with her dad. Because <sighs> her dad had gone home and gone, What is this? And what she had to it? basically bri- like talk about. She it. got put on blast by Target. For sure. Yeah. Oh. They basically were like, hey, this chick's pregnant. You should tell your dad who you live with. Oh. It's really. Oh, but at target. the same time, it's like, so they connect things. Like if you buy something online using a debit card, if you go in the store mm-hmm. and you have a rewards card, if you pay using your debit card in the store for something. The target like, cards that give you a discount are essentially just peeping in on it's everything. It's all connected. Yeah. 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 If you have the book, page 189, bring it all together, guest ID. Oh, God. So, uh, as if that wasn't enough to stop right there about habits and habits of successful organizations because... And we know why they do it. Target is successful. Yep. Can't hate. Can't hate. They're making a lot of money. Yeah, but you know what? There's been a huge upward trend trend of these big box stores and Amazon and I just feel mark my words it's going to be trending back to the mm-hmm. old the old like brick and mortar mom and pop oh. small type shop like it has to because we're all missing the human connection mm-hmm. I remember as a child my mom saying beware of the mark of the beast and it's like a religious thing the mark of the beast <laughs> and the way she like visualized it to me in my like little like five year old brain you might have a tattoo or a chip under your arm or something like that well how freaking close are we mm-hmm. we have chips on our phones you can pay with your damn phone I don't know do you know, I don't know. What, it's kind of creepy. One thing that I find is very interesting, um, I which love I want to look you in just there, gave me, by the way, <laughs> is my household has me and my sister in law and my husband. He shops online, she shops online. Both of their shopping tends to market stuff to me. And I'm talking like, Amazon it used to be devil. like waders and, you know, <laughs> emergency like bracelets things you know around christmas when she was buying for you know hunter and her family hunters or, and her family yeah exactly hunters <laughs> and her family um i'm a vegetarian so I'm, <laughs> i ain't waiting unless i'm skinny dipping but basically <laughs> i now only want to live with people completely different to me so that i never get the the marketing is never quite correct <laughs> because it kind of makes me think that there's someone there's this imaginary person in this room full of papers going i don't know what to do <laughs> what is she like does she like books about death or fishing who knows i love it um <laughs> So we're all pretty thoroughly, thoroughly disturbed by Target and yeah. their and Target's ways of targeting. Target, <sighs> your targeting ways. But um, the, I did find something that made me really happy in there, and that I really want to talk about. And that's um, every participant got a booklet detailing their rehab schedule, and they were talking about willpower habits for knee and hip replacements. Mm-hmm. On page 142, for a group of elderly folks who had knee and hip replacements, and um, it was page 142 in my book, and um, they were very unlikely to participate in the rehab, and they found that if they wrote out their um, their specific plans for the rehab schedule, that patients that wrote their plans that had the most mundane aspects of recovery, that they started walking almost two times as fast and getting in and out of chairs unassisted three times as fast. And so Mm -hmm. that made me so happy because it was like, they told this little story, they, Mr. Duhigg, D-H-U, no, just kidding, (laughs) D-U-H. Are you making fun of me? (laughs) What you doing? Mr. Duhigg. Wow, we gotta make fun. That um, that the plans that included like where where participants included painful 
inflection mm. points. So where they might fail, where they might be yeah. walking and feel severe pain, how they were going to deal with it, if they put it into their plan, that they were that much more likely to succeed. I, that made me so happy. And I, I think that's why I love that. this. And I love that it also connected back to planning ahead to be prepared, like playing the video with the swimmer who would imagine himself oh. doing the swim. And so he prepared mm. for his goggles filling up and how he would deal with oh, it. Oh, ta- you're, yes, talking about, kind of you're talking about the gold medal yep. uh, Phelps. Phelps. Yep. Yeah. Painful inflection points. Yep. Possible things that can get in your way of succeeding. Yep. And, but then also troubleshooting ahead of time yep. what you're going to do. And, Where you might fail. Mm-hmm. And this kind of off subject, but it, it brought this to mind being that today was the first day of school. Um, I sat down with my kids yesterday and talked to them about what ifs. Mm-hmm. Mm. What if you see a child that is eating alone and nobody wants to eat with them? What if... So it's... it. What if your ride doesn't show up after school? I'm relating mm-hmm. the physical pain to, you know, emotional pain too. Th- these can be good tactics to use yeah. in general mm. for things that may be uncomfortable or mm. um, things that n- might not be spoken about so much. But if you make a plan and at least at the very least think about what yeah. you're going to do if not writing it down mm-hmm. i mean when i have a calendar and i have things on the calendar i'm 95% more likely to follow For through sure. with it than if i just yeah. think oh that sounds like something i should probably do like going to the gym mm-hmm. you know guys that's my goal right and i didn't do it this week because i was waiting till the kids are in school they're in school well, the plan is to put it on the calendar. Because mm-hmm. if it doesn't go on the calendar, it doesn't get done. And it's kind of the same thing. Like, yeah. Are you a digital calendar or a paper calendar oh, person? Oh, goodness. Good question. Um, a paper calendar person. Lizzie? Paper, 100%. Because I can see it all in front of me. I don't have to tap on anything. If it's in my phone, I can ignore it and keep my phone off. Yeah. If yeah. it's in my planner, I have to physically check it, it up. The only time I ever write in pencil is if it's genuinely waiting to be confirmed, but I actually write in all different colors. Yeah. Because my mind operates as if Eddie says to me, hey, what are you working at Opportunity House this week? I'm like, that is this color and this is what I'm working. Or if there's, you know, special occasions or things, you know. Mm-hmm. I do that different. with our dry erase board at home. Mm-hmm. So I have a big, huge calendar at home. We all have different colors. And um, it just, I don't know, it helps keep us on track. And it's also fun when I put something on the calendar that the kids don't know about. Mm-hmm. And then they find yeah. they find it and they're like, oh, oh my gosh, we're blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. I imagine in different colors as well, you can kind of see if something's going to clash. Because you're like, wait, I can't be in that place and that place at once. True. What about you? I, I have like quadruple color. booked myself for tomorrow night. <laughs> That's because I have a digital... Uh, <laughs> calendar, uh, a dry erase calendar, a pencil write-in calendar, and a ah. work calendar. Uh, so... What about you? Calendar. My calendar. Are you a digital calendar girl or a write-in calendar girl? I would have been a write-in calendar girl, but... So I'm, I'm digital due to organizational habits because if I want anyone to know that we're meeting... I need to send them an invite via Google Calendar. Oh my gosh, she did that the other day when we were just <laughs> hanging out. I sent you a Google Calendar She invite. sent me an invite just to hang out as friends. <laughs> just wanted to make sure we were all on the same page. Did I respond? Digital did I- page. <laughs> Digital page. I don't know. <laughs> so... Says the girl who is like so against all things social media. Yeah. Yeah. I am. She is. I am. But that's not social media. That's work media. Whatever. I know oh, wait. No, that was social out. media because it was hanging out. Oh, it was because we were just hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> social. <laughs> anyway, I really, I really loved the, um, the, the elderly folks who were recovering from their surgeries and they wrote down their mundane tasks in order to recover better. I, that warmed my heart and it made me really happy. And it inspired me to write down some mundane tasks. 
You wrote some down? I already do. I I know. You're a a writer downer. I'm a writer downer. I'm a list maker big time. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I have eight different lists going on at once. Hey, speaking of lists, when you do something that's not on your list, do you write it on the list? And then, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Nikki? Well, today I scolded myself for doing something that was not on my list. So did you add it to the list? F to the no. You didn't? Oh, I did not. Not dang. today. Nope. You were just mad that you did something that wasn't on your list? Yeah, but what? today was an extraordinary day because I had a lot to do and I had a list that was very like time oriented. So, so were what you was procrastinating it? doing that? Deadline motivated. Extra thing. Mm-hmm. Hashtag. Oh, well, then that's the thing. Yeah. I actually talked myself out of doing something that was not on my list that would have been good to get done. <gasps> Me too. Did you? Yes. What was yours? Mine was picking up my staircase railing. <laughs> well, my staircase just railing. to the left, Nikki. <laughs> yeah. Mine was putting laundry away. That I was not on your it. list? It was not on my list, and this is why. Recently, I put away mountains of it. Mountains of it. This is Collect family, family. So myself and my husband's, I put away tons. And I was planning, no blame, I was planning on us as a team doing laundry, putting it away. That was what I wanted to happen. And there is one basket of laundry. Okay, cheerio. There is one basket of laundry that all I wanted to do today was put it away. However, I realized that though I wanted that to happen, it was me procrastinating. Mm. And instead of doing that, because it can wait for now, no more than one basket, but I read my damn book, girl. Girl! So I got to my chapter, which I didn't do last week, so I'm very <laughs> proud of myself. Woo woo! Yeah. Bob's your uncle, Franny's your aunt. She sure is. I love it. So, recap. It's... We kind of briefly talked about keystone habits, but Mm -hmm, keystone mm -hmm. habits are, they're keystone. Uh, They're habits that act as levers, causing other patterns to shift. Oh, you said levers earlier. I did say levers. Lever, lever, lever. You say lever. say lever. You say say lever. You say root. Route is not. Nor is. Nor is. Aluminum. Aluminium. Anyway. Aluminium. (laughs) Yogurt. We (laughs) digress. Tomato, tomato. Um, so keystone habits make other good habits easier or other bad habits easier, I would yeah. assume. Willpower is not just a skill. It's a muscle. And it's it a gets, muscle. It gets tired as it works harder, girl. Does that mean that you can work it out more to make it? Yes. Yeah. That was mentioned. You can yes. increase your ability to withstand more... Strenuous activity on your willpower? Sure. <laughs> I think we know what you're trying to and say. And then habits to overcome painful inflection points. It gives a routine to follow when willpower muscles are weak. So if you if you imagine um, or write down painful inflection points, they're going to help you. Example being like Starbucks baristas, giving them a different routine to follow. I actually really wanted to do super quickly because I know we're winding down. Mm-hmm. I think we're winding down. Yeah. Anyway, really yeah. quick, super quick because it actually leads on to a positive thing um, about the Starbucks thing. Was talking about this one gentleman who had had a tough life, like really tough, tough stuff happening. Started working at Starbucks. Um, mm. mm-hmm. Essentially transformed his world like i don't want to give starbucks in 100 percent credit because you have to have a want to do this but essentially they gave him the tools to help himself become a completely different i found myself wishing people i knew would get a job at starbucks after it's like reading a, that. it's like a, right? a different i was trajectory. thinking about people who have jobs at starbucks that i know that are in management yeah. Yeah, it's Swatty. super interesting. She is, like, that are amazing management. people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super amazing. Um, yeah. And just briefly, you know, we're also used to Starbucks being this huge, 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 huge company, like giant. But it comes down to one guy who decided he was, you know, going to make it happen. And he did. He bought Starbucks when it was, what, three, four locations, something. Yeah. It small. was tiny. And then within a number of years, like less, less than a handful of years was huge. But anyway, this part, um, 
this guy, my mom always, sorry, it says my mom actually, but my mom always said, <laughs> you're going to be the first person to go to college. You're going to be a professional. You're going to make us all proud. She would ask these little questions. How are you going to study tonight? What are you going to do tomorrow? So it kind of links into what Gina was saying as mm. well when she's talking to her kids about how are you going to, you know, Pain, be painful someone, inflection points. Yeah, if you're seeing a you know a child on their own, how are you going to notice that and act? Painful um, inflection points. How do you know you're ready for your test? And it's he said it trained me to set goals. So basically, um, you know I'm confusing two stories here actually. But anyway, this is one section that is on here. So I put empowerment, not expectation. You are able. You are achieving. So you're never saying to someone you know comparing and saying well why can't you do this or you should be doing this you say to them and actually i listened to a podcast recently or a radio show which i'd like to put as a link if we can at some point when these come out yes from the bbc and it was stephen fry talking about um people who say i am a jogger or i i Mm. am an artist or i am a small business owner or I am a healthy eater as opposed to... Can you to- just say that every podcast? Because that is like... I remember that. Last it's week such, you said that. It's Oh, I said it twice. Oh, damn it. Well, it's really no, important. No, it's important. It's important. Yeah. I was like... I am. That really changed Versus I, I want to. Yeah, because I always, you know, I would say, oh, I do this or I do some of that, but I'm not this. And I'd always essentially put myself down. Never meaning to actually put myself down, but... Why do we do you that? You do. You just, you put, it is putting yourself down when you don't own it. And I'm guilty of it as much as anybody, if not more so. Yeah. Like, even not, if you say, oh, I kind of dabble in this. Like, I mean, even some of the girls <gasps> yeah. at the spa, like, I, you're the boss. Well, you know, no, I am the boss. Yeah. Yep. But for the longest time, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was, I thought that that was a negative thing or didn't want to be looked at, at in a, you know, like position of, it's avoiding a compliment. It's also a very female thing to do. Isn't it though? Mm. Because we were always taught in school by our peers that being bossy is bad. Do you ever hear of a guy being called bossy? No. Nope. <laughs> we do that. Yeah. I make a conscious effort. I really do. To say thank you instead of blowing off a compliment. Mm-hmm. I knew this I knew this girl. She was so smart. She worked for my school district. She was a school psychologist. And she had she was just absolutely gorgeous. And whenever I would compliment her, she would just so humbly, like genuinely, like you could see in her face, she was like, Oh, thank you so much. But you know, it really is nothing. I just, you know, blah blah blah. I just threw it up, you know, I just threw my hair up or whatever. And I'm like, No, you're freaking awesome and you're freaking gorgeous. Can you please just take I, the compliment? I was told once, I won't say where I was working or who said it, but uh, a young woman came in and was buying what we were selling. <laughs> and i said to this young woman you have the most amazing eyebrows Mm. and uh, and she blushed a little and said thank you and her mother was with her also and her mother you know kind of gave her a rub on the back and they left my boss at the time who actually was a fabulous person said that was weird and i went how is it weird and he said you can't tell someone that their eyebrows are nice and i went um yeah i kind of just did but i just did and i said i wasn't telling her oh hey your butt's fabulous she had naturally beautiful eyebrows that she took care of and i said they were fabulous because they were yeah i mean it wasn't sexualizing her it was that what he made i think maybe he thought that you know i don't know it was at that weird time where we were kind of starting to you know, get to where we are now in progression. And like I said, he was awesome guy. And I was actually kind of surprised he told me that you can't say that. But I was like, well, I disagree. And also I read a, I read something, I can't remember where I read it, but it was about compliments. And it said something along the lines of good compliments are ones where you comment on something that someone chooses to put forward. Mm. So if someone takes really good care of their eyebrows oh. and you can tell that they have literally grown them and brushed them in a certain way and they look damn good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you tell them, hey, your eyebrows are fabulous. 
if it's something that they were born with that they didn't you know that 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 is literally there yeah it's less appropriate to comment on that because Ooh. it may be calling it may into, be a, it may be something that they're anxious about like if you yeah. go hey you have an amazing your nose butt, is so beautiful or your like, butt yeah. maybe they don't like their butt and you saying their butt's amazing makes them more conscious about their butt and they're going to wear a longer mm-hmm. shirt tomorrow or hmm. you know and it is more of a the psychology of compliments write that down so we got two more things we got to talk about um one is very brief and i just want to address the hey ya sandwich oh yeah that like when hey ya came out as a song that it was really hard for listeners to kind of take that and it made it easier for them to listen to the song hey ya because it was so different and so new it was so different and so new and so just different from what they were used to, that if radio DJs had um, sandwiched it in between two songs that were really easy to listen to and something people already like sticky songs. I love that like word. Maroon 5, yeah, cool. Celine Dion. Cool. That those songs sandwiching Hey Ya made Hey Ya become more famous and important. This was super interesting to me because... I understood it, but I could not relate. Oh, do you not know the song? No, I love the song. I've loved it from the moment I heard it. I thought they were going to say that people were turning it off because they didn't want to wear it out. Oh. People yeah. would be like, yeah. Next week? Next week. Last, last uh, It's section. only seven days away. It's, it's the last section of our book. Well, are we going to talk about the last section of the book or are we going to move on to another section, another book? What do you mean? I think we should read the last section of our book, but maybe it's time to get another book. What maybe we could read it, touch on it. Yep. And Well, because honestly, it's pretty short. Yep. Let's touch on it, because we have definitely talked about this well, we a gotta lot. Wrap so maybe it, up. It, it wraps itself up, I imagine, so we'll wrap it up mm-hmm. in a tight um, package. I like a tight Delicately package. Delicately tied little bow. Ooh, really? <laughs> Sounds way. good. So, um, we talked about two books in particular, and one of them I brought up and one of them you brought up to the table. One of them was, um, it was The Tipping Point. And the other one (laughs) was The Best, Your Best Year Ever. Is that what the one I thought I Mm. wanted to talk about? And let me just tell you. Your best year ever, or whatever it was called. I it's your it. best year ever. Your best year ever. I 100% do not want to ever read it after looking into it and researching. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is like such a salesman. Yeah, grim. It was such a repeat of so many different things. Just with, regurgitated with crap. way less quality. And um, I felt like I really felt... 100% that I do not want anything to do with this person. I can't even remember what his name so is. So we're crossing that off. I find that kind of thing is like this a person, bawling. Michael Hyatt, that's his name. If if the person is making a damn fortune <laughs> for gather, either gathering people in a room or making them pay for these like, this can change your life books. <laughs> But essentially what they're doing is making money off either desperation or people mm. trying to better themselves mm-hmm. that think that that they need that book or they can't live That's better. the guy, Michael Hyatt. That's, That's the him. guy who wrote the book. That's him, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I haven't even read the blurb, but if you're saying that's it, I can imagine... Because there's, t- there's so many of them out there. can't even find where I read Like it pyramid down. scheme style, stand on a stage and tell people, pay me money. I really want to read The Tipping Point. Okay, well then why didn't you just say so instead of putting it up for discussion? Because I thought it was really funny that the original book that I wanted to read, that I was like, oh, like it's like your best year ever. Sounds Sucked. like such a good idea. <laughs> Once I looked into it, I was like, this sucks, like big time. I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> Guess what? What? I just Googled women power speaker. And guess what the first things that come up on Google are? Gina. Nikki. <laughs> Lizzie. Lizzie. <laughs> it is pink speakers, guys. Pink? Cotton candy freaking speakers. Like, what? No. Candy? What? like, I'm talking like speakers that are pink. 
like pink speakers so pink? it's taking the colour <gasps> woman oh. and speaker and rather than going oh this is someone this is a, an important a, person it's yeah. a pink it's a pink speaker the colour of a <laughs> of a machine a JBL hey, charge for portable bluetooth speaker yeah. just do me a favour and google men or ma- men power speaker and we'll see what comes up just out of interest but anyway when you scroll down it does have people so maybe this is something we could investigate and delve better more into there's different names of female speakers it's a pink speaker oh my god Seriously. oh it did can you it say that like an american all right but they're pink compared to black <laughs> well these are know. black we it's say it like an american it's a pink speaker it's a pink speaker you guys <laughs> oh my god i cannot i can't even i can't I even can, i can't even anyway all right i just thought it was notable but um so all right we better wrap it up so what do we decide we decide we are going to read the tipping point i guess for sure or do you want to wait do you want to decide next week are we doing the tipping point find out next week (laughs) (laughs) maybe we can edit in next week into this week maybe we will we decided today okay all right, so uh, it's decided it's gonna be something. Dun dun dun! <laughs> it's gonna have pages. <laughs> All right, if you enjoyed what you listened to tonight, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a comment regarding great personal development books, and um, share with someone you know, and form a mastermind, and reach out to us because we'd love to hear from you. Bye bye. <laughs>